listening to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing by Copyblogger Media. If you want to get a content marketing education while you mow your lawn or while you fold your laundry, this podcast is the way to do it. I'm your host, Jared Morris, and in this episode, we resume our series on the essential ingredients of a blog post. You are going to learn about sentences, but not average or okay sentences, damn good sentences. And who better than the Duke of Damn himself, Damien Farnworth, to explain how? Damien, I like alliteration, and I like giving credit where it is due, and so I have a new nickname for you. The Duke of Damn. It's one that you have earned with damn fine blog posts about how to write damn good copy, how to write damn bad copy, and of course, how to write damn good sentences, which is the fourth in our rundown of the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post. You are a master at the art of the sentence, which is why I want to do a lot more listening than talking on this episode. So let's start with the obvious question. What is the difference between a good sentence and and a damn good sentence. It, it comes, boils down to this. Like, so the difference between showing and telling. So a good sentence would tell you, you know, what's going on in a particular action. So I might say, you know, she is crying versus something like, you know, she sobbed or she was trembling. Um, so the, it's, it's simply the quality of you have a concrete, specific image versus a sort of vague ambiguous, um, you know, uh, instructions that kind of leaves, um, see that what you want, what you're after is this goal of allowing people to use their imagination. And I think it comes down to this idea of being able to trust, um, your reader to trust them to use their imagination. It's, you know, it, and they will. And, and I think there's some confidence that comes in enjoying that, uh, of, of embracing that idea that, you know, people, are going to if you say she wept you don't have you know that's going to be more powerful than she was over there and uh, her eyes were wet with tears um, that's sort of, you know it there's a lot more powerful when it's short and it's sweet and it's powerful like that so um, but to get there you know it's 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 not easy right I mean I'll, I'll admit that it takes years of practice and, and but what we're thinking about when you're trying to show somebody what you're after like I said is being specific and concrete so in one way that you know that I use to get to that point is to think through the five W's so you're thinking of the who the what the where the when the why and even in the, the H the how so for example you know, you want to write a damn good sentence. So you would say in, you know, in Istanbul, the bullfighter liked to drink vinegar because it made him angry. So you've got a pretty specific concrete idea that um, would allow you to get a, a vivid picture of what's going on in that, that there's life to that and there's imagination. And, and I know that just by saying the word Istanbul, that people will get in their minds a sort of an exotic, far away, ancient city. There's a lot of stuff that's sort of swirling around. And that's the, it's really the power of choosing the right words, choosing those powerful words, using those words that, um, you know, generate kind of paint that picture. Um, so, but the next, the, the next part uh, in getting to that point of writing 
a damn good sentence like that is this idea of creating images. And I kind of already did that, but here, you know, I want to talk more about something like this idea of the five senses. So and that's what I kind of did in that previous sen sentence, but if you want to paint an image, you want to think about through the five senses also. So, for example, that same sentence um, I talked to, you know, you could think about, so what is, what, what is the weather like there? Is it hot? Is it cold? I imagine it's probably hot there. So we might add some sort of like elements of humidity, like the air was humid, was, was moist, was thick with water. We might talk about something like, you know, what time of day is it? And uh, what is, so what, what color is the sun? Is it golden or is it more orange or red? And you might think of like an odor, like vinegar. I said vinegar, and a lot of people probably turned up their nose at that. So there was that sense of, of smell and odor going there. And so you're thinking... Let me, let me ask you a question real quick, Damon, because I know a lot of times we talk about, you know, specific and concrete, and sometimes that can be boiled down to mean short because we talk a lot about short sentences. Yes. How, how do you determine what is a detail worth giving, an image worth painting, and what is too much? That's a great, I, I think it's a gut thing, really, because uh, obviously you can't think through every sentence and put in the five senses, uh, because then it would just become too much. It'd be overbearing, it, it would be almost impossible for you to get anything done, but also be, it would be overbearing for the reader itself. So it, you have to be selective, and it just takes time to kind of, you know, catch an ear. Like you may, in one sentence, just want to highlight, you know, some sort of color, like the sight. You know, the next sentence, you want to be a hyphen, something about the texture and the smell. Um, the next sentence, you may want to simply talk about the taste or a sound they heard. And, the, and a good writer would combine those with, like, action, right? with some sort of action. So if, you know, he ran, um, you know, he, instead of like, he ran up the stairs, you know, he, um, he darted up the stairs, which, you know, which, you know, the, the, the rough hewn stairs. So you're kind of making that. So it, it almost, cause you don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm saying that the sunlight, or, you know, or the rocks are hard hewn. You, you want to draw attention away from it. So you want to combine all those pieces together being specific using active verbs versus passive verbs and make sure you mesh those together and, and, and sprinkle throughout, you know, your sentences when you're hitting these sort of concrete and specific images. Can I add a quick note on active versus passive verbs? Yes. Okay. So you're right. You want to make your verbs active, not passive. And if you actually want a good example, look no further than this very podcast. Because last week I received an email with the subject line, simply passive voice. And it said, quoting one of our episodes, change next week, Damien and I will be resuming our series on the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post. We'll be discussing persuasive words, and you won't want to miss it. Change that to next week, Damien and I resume our series on the 11 essential ingredients of a blog post. We'll discuss mm -hmm. persuasive words, and you won't want to miss it. The difference, of course, is the verbs. Will be resuming gets replaced uh, with resume, and will be discussing gets replaced with will discuss. It makes those verbs active, right? You hear how much better that sounds, and it reads better, too, because the subject of the sentence becomes the doer, and the verbs are inv invigorated. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll give you one guess who sent me that much-appreciated, clear, concise reminder about how to write better <laughs> sentences. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yes, be, be active uh, uh, with your sentences, not passive. And it's something, I mean, I even... 
I, I try my best to do that all the time, and it even slips in like that, and you don't even realize it. You know, but it's definitely something upon an edit you can go back because that's one way to eliminate some of those unnecessary words so that you can put in some of the ones that paint the picture, uh, you know, evoke the sentences that make the, your sentences so much better. Right. And so, like, you know, being a uh, Ernest Hemingway fan and, and, you know, working for Copyblogger, you, you sort of have to be. But, you know, um, I read a ton of him, you know, probably 10, 15, 10, 15 years ago. And the thing that I walked away with that was the simple sentence structure. It was, it was a subject and it was a verb. And when we talk about active, you know, versus passive verbs, it's also you're talking about, you know, giving the action, the act, instead of like having something, an action done to something, you know, someone is doing an action. So where, say, the dog was kicked by that man, it would, you know, just a simple inversion would be the man kicked the dog. And, um, so yeah, we, you know, talking about Ernest Hemingway, I just remember reading it. This such a simple sentence structure that was basically it was just sentence and verb. And I think that's you know, as far as we're talking about like ways to become better at this, is practicing writing that way: simple sentence structure, uh, subject, verb. Well, and, and that's a good point, and let's go to that. I mean, just in terms of practice, and, and this can probably be a tip that we leave everybody with. You know, I was as we prep for this, I was reading, uh, I'm going to put this in the show notes. There's a podcast, with uh, an NPR podcast with Stanley Fish, the author of How to Write a Sentence. And he recounts in his book, actually, a story from Annie Dillard's book, The Writing Life, where she had a conversation with a painter, asked him how he got into the profession, and he told her, I like paint. And of course, as Fish explains, mm -hmm. you have to you have to really have a feel for the nitty gritty material of the medium. And so, as a writer, there's nothing more nitty gritty than words and sentences. And so, sure. as we you know, you know, to leave everybody that's listening with Damien, what what would you say is a tip or two that people can take away from this that will make them better at just that simple nitty gritty art of writing sentences? Yeah, so I would definitely encourage anybody, whether you know they can stomach his stories or not, but read you know as much Hemingway as you can. Uh, but outside of that, like, you know, one of the ways that I, I kind of mastered, you know, the ability to do this, at least got really, you know, trained highly in it was early in my career, I wrote a ton of text ads, Google, um, Google AdWords text ads, which, you know, so I was forced to compress, you know, um, those words into, you know, a meaningful, persuasive a message into a short space of a short space, and so that really forced me to write small. But you can you don't have to do text ads like that. You could also treat like your your Twitter account this way, and just give yourself the task of say writing 100 Twitter posts a day for seven days, and in each one you're just trying to within 140 characters tell a story, make a message, use some sort of you know use one of the five sentence senses. Uh, dig into like the five who's. Uh, another another trick you could do is to try to condense an event, like a historical event, like the Civil War, into one sentence. You know, sometimes I will force people to go like, go read the front page of Wikipedia or the front page of like the New York Times, read a few of those stories, and then try to tell that story within one sentence. And then finally, you know, just, and, and you know, those are more concerns. And finally, after every article or blog post that you actually read, try to summarize that particular article or blog post in one sentence. 
And that will give you practice. Not, not only will it help you remember what you just read and sort of process what you just read, but also force you to you know, write those sentences that it's saying a lot into one sentence. That's really what it boils down to is just trying to say a lot into uh, stepping a lot into a small space, as much as space you can and then with the sentence. And here's the thing to keep in mind, too, is that you're not going to do this with every single sentence. I don't sit there and, and agonize over every single sentence. It's, it's pretty much kind of native to me now. And I do multiple, you know, dozens of rewrites of stuff that I write and where I'm working through systematically through each word. But I don't give the same amount of attention over each sentence. I just try to, for the most part, just kind of work that into the, into the, 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 the sort of warp and woof of what I'm writing. Yep, and if you want to see a great example of what Damien was talking about uh, with Twitter and, and summing up a story in one sentence, follow Robert Bruce on Twitter and Google+. Plus. He, <laughs> does a, he does a great job of showing that. All right, Damien, uh, thank you very much. Thought you did a damn good, I, th I thought you did a damn good job today. <laughs> thank you, Jared. <laughs> I appreciate right. it. Lift up to my name. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk soon. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to The Lead. If you were enjoying our show, please consider leaving us a rating or a review on iTunes. Or tweet about us or tell a friend. We appreciate you helping us spread the word any way you can. The next installment of our series on the essential ingredients of a blog post will be about killer bullet points. Now you may not think bullet points are a topic with enough meat to demand their own episode, but you'd be wrong. Listen and you'll see. Talk to you soon, everybody. So I wish I was a slave to an age-old trade Lord have mercy on my rough and